0: Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash podcast. And now for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, we're watching The Godfather, part two.
1: This time... It's personal.
0: Yes. Uh, Joining us, we have, as always, someone who's seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, who you just heard from, it's Kate Willoughby. Hello. Now, Kate, um, long, long time listeners of this uh, series, all the way back in episode three, you might remember, uh, you were our guest who hadn't seen the original Godfather. Yes. So it's been two and a half, almost three years since you last watched
1: oh, it. Oh, I love I thought it was a really good movie.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um but what do you, what I I suppose what do you remember of that, that first initial film?
1: Um I well, it was a movie well that's long but you don't realise when you're watching it, which mm. I think is good. So really immersive. Um lots of violence, like lots of like violence within the family mm. and um uh, also, like, uh, like, leave the cannoli and all that kind of stuff. But mm. you also see, um, you know, oh, Al Pacino, right? So Al Pacino, I had only seen him in, oh god, like, um, the one with Keanu Reeves when he was the devil, when he was Satan.
0: Oh, um,
1: um yeah. So he was, uh, Keanu Reeves was a lawyer, and um. It's, it's. I remember that being a good movie, but yeah. I knew who Keanu Reeves was, but I didn't know who the guy playing. That it.
2: was the only film you've seen <laughs> Al Pacino Actually, in out of all of Al Pacino's films? And the
1: other one, but I've never watched the whole movie. Was it Devil's Advocate? Yeah, Devil's Advocate. Oh,
2: God, help me. And
1: the only other other movie um, my mum made me sit, and we only got 15, 20 minutes into it, was um Jack and Jill with Adam Sandler. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd never seen like... I knew he was good but i was like (laughs) i was like al pacino i guess um and uh i'd seen obviously the video of like say hello to my little friends because you know the video stores when they had the the ratings when you would put the vhs in they would have like that section for m15 Mm. um but uh no yeah this was the first one where i saw al pacino and i remember saying wow he's a really good actor um So, <laughs> I remember that, I've like, his, his transition of, like, mm. like, the bathroom scene with the gun and the toilet. Like, mm. I remember, like, that and going, like, oh, my God. And seeing him slowly change from this guy who wanted to disassociate with his family, mm. bringing sort of this white American woman into his life, and then slowly him moving, getting sort of brought back into the family. So I do remember that.
0: Yeah. Um, the, the other despairing voice was uh, Murray Jackson. Welcome to the program, Murray. Oh,
2: God help us. I mean, really, out of Al Pacino's career, mm. Devil's Sodding Advocate, mm. and an Adam Sandler film.
1: I didn't watch all of it. I got, you know. Mm. Oh,
0: dear, oh, dear. But you saw enough to go, Ooh.
1: I was like... Oh, who is this guy? Mum said, Oh, it's Al Pacino. I was all like, right. He's
2: Homework time, Kate. You I know will he's You watch been in by some the next stuff. one. You will watch Heat, okay?
1: Oh, mm. that's the one where they're in the diner and there's. Al uh, Pacino, Robert De Niro. De Niro, yes. <laughs>
0: go away and watch it. Scurry, scurry, scurry. <laughs> well, no, don't go away right now well, because not, no, not we're right about to now. watch The Godfather oh, part two, Murray. Yes, that's the um, that's true. So, obviously, Kate gave a very good summary of The Godfather. Mm. You know, cannolis, violence, all that kind of business. Um, but one of the unique things about Godfather part Two is that it is arguably the most successful sequel ever made uh certainly it's it's critically um revered it's it's seen as this this outstanding piece of filmmaking well, I,
2: certainly yeah, it's unusual that it's a successful sequel mm. um so what, you know like um,
3: Is that well that's <laughs> just
2: you, you look into genre films, I suppose, yeah. there, and, mm. and you know, that's an obvious example. It's a good example. Terminator mm. 2 potentially being better than the original. Mm. Aliens, in some people's mind, is better than the original Alien. Mm. Um, but Godfather 2, I mean, they had everything to lose here mm. after the um,
0: critical success of Godfather. Mm. And I suppose in a vague, non-spoilery sort of way, what can people like uh, Kate or, or our listeners who haven't seen Godfather Part 2 and maybe haven't even seen Godfather Part 1, uh, what, what can they expect from, from Part 2?
2: Well, if you haven't seen Godfather 1, it's going to be a little bit difficult because we have spent Godfather 1 getting to know the characters. Mm. And this is a continuation of the development of those, of those characters in this film. And in fact, we, get, we go back... In time, Mm -hmm. in a prequel sort of way for half the film, Mm -hmm. um, to the story or the original story of Vito Corleone, the the original godfather.
1: Marlon Brando? Marlon Brando's Mm -hmm.
2: character. Um, And in this film, and this is not a spoiler because you're going to see it, he's played by Robert De Niro. Um, Robert De Niro, you might know
0: from Rocky and Bullwinkle <laughs> and Meet the Fockers.
1: The first time I saw Robert De Niro was in um, Meet the Parents Yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah. So I only knew him as an older actor. Mm. And so, and like uh, the dirty, gra- like that kind of grandpa move. And he's like... Okay,
2: Kate, more 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 homework for you. Go and watch <laughs> Taxi Driver, okay? I've,
1: I've seen, that's you talking to me, right? Yes. Yeah. I am talking
0: to you. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I suppose it's... um. It's it's going to be interesting looking at it from that perspective. Well, yeah, obviously. I think
2: if you haven't seen Godfather One, mm. you I, think, I was thinking about this because I was going. To, I asked Kate, you know, have you seen Godfather One? Mm. Because if she had, and I was going to give her a quick potted rundown of the plot. Yeah, and I think to watch this film, it really helps if you watch Godfather One mm. because it the, the central character of the trilogy leave out number 3 i suppose but of the trilogy mm. is michael corleone played by al pacino mm. and the development of that character over those three films and the change from the character of the first film where he was the all-american war hero mm. to being pulled into that family business of of you know the mafia mm. Um, like cosa Nostra so it's I think it's really helpful to see that first film and see how he's arrived at the point he is now mm-hmm. and also the dynamics of the family because you know, apart from the fact that he's the central character, the characters around him are also infinitely interesting in their development over the films as well, so really helps if you 've seen the original it, this thing for me this these two films are Shakespearean. Mm. They are Shakespearean in in terms of the the, the tragedy, the drama, um, and the, you know, the the beautifully scripted characters that mm. that come to life in these films. So, um, yeah, I, I'm waxing lyrical, aren't I? I? I think we already know. I'm probably going to rate this film fairly highly.
0: Mm. Well, I mean, it you would not be alone. Uh, this this film is is very very much uh universally praised and i think it's time that we have a look and watch it so are you guys ready to watch the godfather part two
1: yeah
2: too right
0: let's do it okay for those of you listening at home pop in your dvds and i guess just keep an eye on your horse because they might i don't know if they're going to repeat that trick we'll find out as we watch the godfather part two Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching The Godfather Part 2. And by we, I of course mean Murray Jackson. All three hours, 20 minutes of it, Stephen. Mm hmm. And Kate Willoughby.
1: I ate pizza and Violet Crumble. And watched a movie. Yes, and we
0: were interrupted by a pussy cat. Yes, yes, Justice the cat um, was was attention deprived. But I mean, this is a long film. You know, it's long enough for a cat to reasonably go, "Hey, where have they been for ages? My dummy needs tickling." Mm. Exactly uh, Kate, right. this was your first time watching the Godfather Part Two. It
1: was. What do you think? It was pretty good, eh? I liked it. Oh, it
0: was pretty good, <laughs> was it, Kate? Oh yeah. How gratified I am to hear yeah, that.
1: Yeah, I liked was it, it. Was it
2: better than the Devil's Advocate?
1: Oh, I haven't seen that in a while. Uh, <laughs> so I can't comment. I uh, know there was some really great, like, really great scenes in it. I think there were just a few times at the beginning when it was establishing, like, who had planned on killing him and then the thing and that. But once I got all that, like, the mm. business sort of side, like, that was a bit confusing. But, mm. yeah, yeah. But I still liked it.
0: I found myself, uh, for the first... 15 minutes or so kind of remembering how the first one had worked and yeah because getting... I
1: haven't watched it in like three years Same. so I was just going oh this person okay yeah
0: yeah, we, we, yeah neither of us uh, have watched it since we did it for the for the podcast uh, yeah. 130 odd weeks ago so yeah. <laughs> um, it, it has been a long time between Godfathers but it's um, I think one of the things for me re-watching this uh, sorry watching this for the first time but it feels like it's re-watching it is it It absolutely feels one hundred percent the same as the first film in and I mean that in a positive way mm. like it it for me it did not feel as though it it had removed itself i guess stylistically or in any way, yeah. whatever the formula they'd hit on for the first film, they were continuing to do it for they, this film. Oh, it I hadn't realized this was story. your first time as well Steve. yeah, I'd never seen oh. godfather part two
1: yeah it was it flowed the it was just like watching more of the story, so like mm. when the door shut, it's like and then the final movie scene happened, and then all of a sudden you're like, bam, straight in here, and you just get more of their life mm. and their backstory and sort of, yeah, mm. it was interesting. Because
2: it's said about 10 years on. It's not an immediate mm. follow-on from, yeah. no. from the last film.
0: There, and there, there's, there's little references to that in there, but mm. um, yeah. I think what's interesting about this film is... Um, in terms of when you've had a hit film like The Godfather and then you're going, well, gee, guys, what do we do for the sequel? I really thought the idea to explore the origin of Vito Corleone was um, was actually quite a a brave choice because as we've we've seen subsequently prequels are hard to do um yeah and I even said about uh 10 minutes in i was like oh um this is already a better prequel story than the phantom menace for <laughs> yeah. uh, for where this big bad came from um because Vito's story i thought was really well told hmm.
1: yeah well that's the thing i mean they could have they could have done one or the other they could have gone oh let's do the full origin story they could have had mm. a whole movie fake focused on yeah. the Godfather, right? that And I think that could have been not the easy route, but that might have been the more obvious one. Yeah. And then the fact that they were like, well, hang on, let's use this time to maybe, yes yeah, show a bit of the history, but let them reflect on where these two men are in their lives. So, mm. like, you know, at this time he might have been the same age that his dad was when the business sort of started or and how... And his relationship with his father and Mm. his relationship to his family and that kind of stuff. So, I think they did a really smart I think the
2: thing is, though, that this is Michael's story. Mm. Yes. Whether you're watching Godfather 1 or Godfather 2, you're watching Michael's story unfold. Mm. Yes, there's a heap of other characters who are very important to the telling of the story. But this is Michael's story. The... Casting back to the prequel, I suppose, or the, the, the prequel um, excerpts in this film, I suppose is to give you the contrast between his father and the man that Michael becomes. Yeah. yeah. And that whole sense of the, 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 the key thing here is family. Yeah. And how, I, mean, I guess, in essence, Vito got it all right yeah. and Michael got, got it, it all, all wrong.
0: wrong. Yeah, and I think using this juxtaposition of veto i think is interesting because everything that michael is doing in this film is trying to live up to his father yeah um, it is all about that family unit but he ultimately ends up with no family to speak of like mm. he's won but he's lost at the same time yeah so he's alone again he's alone at the end of that film mm. and i thought it was really interesting that the final scene of the film is set before the first film, and it's before he's um even
1: before he's gone off to the war. As yeah, well. before
0: he's gone off to the war, he's he's literally just signed up for the Marines. But it's yeah. that it's that Michael who's essentially saying, "I'm not going to be like my dad." And Sonny's there, you know, like pushing him and going, "Hey, what you doing?" And I forgot how great that char- that Sonny character, was until he was back there for a couple of minutes.
2: All born out of the fact that that um, uh, Brando wouldn't appear in the second film, mm. and they had to think of a way of of you know, going back into that class I, I, I thought that, that was a brilliant, brilliantly done. brilliant yeah. way.
1: Like a brilliant mm. way of like the surprise party, but I thought it sort of also worked by this sense yeah. of him being alone and them going to greet him and this father figure of his not being present throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah I thought it was good. He's, so it actually worked.
0: Yeah, because part of me was half expecting like aged up Robert De Niro to walk in and be like, yeah, hey, my son. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't do that and I'm glad. And I think what again yeah it really works because it shows just how isolated he sort of always was Mm. and uh, you know we get to the end of the film and he has killed his only remaining brother he's killed Fredo uh his wife has left him and not only left him like she's destroyed him and destroyed his concept of of that new family which is something that Vito had and something that Vito was able to to raise and have pretty much his entire life. It was only towards the end of Vito's life, when obviously Sonny got killed, that that image was affected. Tarnished, but yeah. it wasn't destroyed because Michael ended up succeeding him, even in Vito's lifetime. He was yeah. essentially the Godfather by the time he killed over in the um, in the orchard.
1: Yeah, and I mean, and when he was in the orchard, he was playing with his grandkids. So yeah. he mm. he lived this life of you know of family. Yeah. While
2: and then. Yeah. I think I think yeah. this is a continuation of the corruption of Michael, that mm. the intent mm. always was that Michael was never going to live that life. Mm. He was always going to have a life separate from the family business, mm. and that his father never intended for Michael to really be involved in that sense, that mm. that was Santino's role yeah. um, as the older brother, mm. and that it was only by circumstance that... Michael got pulled into that mm. um that life of crime, yeah, and you know, as it turns out, was very good at it, mm. but he had that flaw in his character that meant that he didn't grasp the concept of 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 what veto was really all about, which was the family is the central thing, all mm. other things or all other priorities are rescinded. As it were, um,
1: yeah. Like, I and
2: think he, he he never really, he never really grasped that. He, Michael doesn't
0: have a sense of what family actually means. Yeah. In yeah. a sense, this film is a lot like the Fast and the Furious franchise. It's all about <laughs> family.
1: I've never watched Fast and the Furious. I've seen the first one like years ago, but mm. I get what you mean. The
0: later ones, it's all about family. Family, family.
1: Yeah. Um. But yeah, because I feel like, you know, like his dad would have forgiven his son. Like, mm. I like. I feel like the difference would be he wouldn't have his you know like Mm. with Fredo like I feel like his dad would have given him that hug and would have gone you're forgiven Mm. while Michael I don't know didn't like I feel like that there's like little differences of like you said Mm that
0: when Michael talks about going against the family, he really means going against him, doesn't mm. he? Yeah. I mean, you were saying as we were watching this, particularly towards the end, Murray, you were saying that this this is all about Michael's character is all about control and power. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting the different ways that is depicted. It's it's obviously extremely obvious in that scene between him and Kay, um yeah. which might just be the best acted scene That's I've ever seen. Just uh, between, all eyes. Yeah. Just, yeah. The, 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 as soon as she reveals that she didn't have a miscarriage; it was an abortion, and that that she did it to deny him that and to remove some of that power. And you see him just mm, well, like, you oh. see, Tru- truly you see, be who he is. You see, first of
2: all, the loss, but then yeah. you see that that slow boil over into complete mm. and total anger.
0: Mm. And for me, betrayal that, at the very least. For me, that reads as the absolute truth of who Michael is. Yeah, is that he has become somebody who is who who relies on power and you know his his job as as a mafia don requires that like you need to be in control you need power but he is now completely gone from the michael that we well, saw the, at the start of the first film is this i mean this is a you know, a far more
2: successful portrayal of um descent into badness than uh, um, Lucas's portrayal of um, Anakin into yeah. Darth Vader, um, but if you put tr- if you cast your mind back to that first film, mm. where where we meet Michael at the wedding, mm. his his sister's wedding to to Carlo Risi, mm. and you know how generally affable he is, but how removed he is from his family too, because mm. he's made that decision to embrace the American life. Mm. And enlist in the in the in the navy, yeah, and you know, remove himself from that family business to the point at the end of Godfather Two, where he's he's a despot, really, isn't he? I mean, he's 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 just completely changed. Yeah, and
0: also the family is gone. Yeah, by the end of this film, you know, Fredo's dead, his mum's dead. Um, he's on his way to alienating Tom. Yeah, and also like Kay's not in the picture anymore. You know, poor thing gets the door shut on her again, two yeah. films in a row. Um, and, and and
2: the only fealty he has mm. is his sister Connie, who yeah. he, he's basically
0: bullied into subservience. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, she's also somebody who, in her own way, was trying to get away from the family, but yeah, and couldn't do it. And now she has essentially become this sort of almost, uh, well, stepmother to Michael's kids. Yeah. Um, And you can already see the effect that's happening on Anthony. Like the fact that Anthony won't kiss his mother because
1: clearly... Well, he sees her leaving also as a betrayal.
0: Yeah. But also, like, I I feel as though, for me at least, it reads as though Anthony is looking up to how Michael is and how detached and removed Michael is from people in general yeah. and going, that's what I need to be, particularly if he is being groomed to be the Don that replaces Michael.
1: Exactly. I, I mean, going, going to like him detaching himself completely, like straight away, like the, cause it's both movies open up on a party, like a wedding and then a celebration. Mm. And then it took me a beat. And then I was just like, Oh, it's like a super American just a bunch of white people, Mm. like... And then that family going, like, where's all the Italian... Where's the food? Where's the, like... And him not seeing family first, but seeing the business Mm. men that for him, he goes, well, for me to get better, I have to go through sort of that white American idea. Mm. And sort of that goes back to the first movie where he was really embracing that side so i like it's a good indication i think at the start of the movie about how detached he was from family in general like Mm. the fact that he was surrounded by all these people that he wasn't really a part of like he worked with them but they didn't respect him
0: yeah and then he he has that wonderful meeting at the beginning of the film with the senator who's Mm. basically saying like you know i don't like you people and he yeah. proceeds to be a little bit racist towards him and then is also kind of like, I'm going to crush you. I'm going to do all this. And I think even as a first-time viewer, I'm sat there going, you didn't watch the first Godfather. Yeah. You, don't, you don't know how this is going to go. Um, you're going to end up with a horse's head in the bed or, as it turned out, um, a dead... Sex worker. Yeah, that, uh-oh. Oh, no, you're a senator. This is bad. Don't worry, mm-hmm. we'll sort it out for you, which yeah. um, I thought but was But that's, that's the thing. You can see
2: the... There, there, you can see the flash of anger in Michael's eyes when mm. he's called these names, but he's smart enough to not give in to that and mm. he plays it like a chess game, yeah. In yeah. that, oh, that's fine, I'll let that go because I've
0: 20 moves ahead, yeah. I've got you where I want you. Mm. Mm. And, and Michael the, was always depicted as being clever, mm. um, yeah. and I think it's interesting seeing him using that cleverness at the beginning of the film.
2: Well, the th- thing about Michael that separates him from the others, you know, if if, if you look at them as, I suppose, in their their basis sense, Santino's fault was his anger. Mm. His anger mm. is what got Santino killed in the first film. Mm. Fredo's flaw is he's dumb. He's stupid. Mm. He he's influenced by people. He's weak. Michael doesn't have those flaws. Mm. Michael's flaw is that he believes his way is right yeah. mm. and if others disagree with him he's completely intractable yeah. so the interesting thing i suppose is is you know as i say that character development which continues in the third film which obviously we're not reviewing here today but you know michael's desperate attempt to get himself extracted from the crime aspect and to go legit Mm. That's basically the, the third film in a nutshell. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's really interesting, that, that that character arc and those character flaws, because at the end of the, the first film, you get that sense that things are starting to unwind. Things are starting to head to where we see things unfold in the second film with the closing of that door, yeah. closing off from the family. Mm. In favour of the greater family, as yeah. it
0: were. This is probably a good time to now jump, like the film did, over to the adventures of Young Vito Corleone. Mm. Um, yeah, I found those scenes really intriguing, partly because it was obviously a, a different time period from the '50s settings of, of Michael's story, and that kind of fascinated me seeing that earlier time. You know, initially in like 1901, New York, yeah. and, and then yeah, getting to New York and all that business. Um, but as soon as there was the introduction of um the black hand this sort of uh white suit wearing 20s mobsters it's almost a caricature wasn't it yeah but yeah. but believable like you're sat there Kate going like oh this guy's such a dick um and i i thought that was really interesting how v- vito's predecessor obviously wasn't he wasn't set up for anything yeah vito's predecessor was him looking at somebody and going i think they are not doing this very well and I could do it better. Yeah. I think the thing that was really intriguing, though, aside from the performance, was, was quite how, I guess, understated Vito was and, and De Niro was in that role. Like, he just always seemed in Controlled. control. Hmm. And, you know, it, it almost felt as though he was just naturally good at being a don. Hmm. And I I I'm not entirely sure that there was much Growth or development there, like there was. You know, we see him going from being a young boy who's almost killed by the Sicilian mob to coming full circle, going back and sticking a knife in um, Don Chicho's chest. Um, and but but in terms of like he, he kind of was just like no, I reckon I've got this, and then had it. From
2: yeah, but I book. think that's the juxtaposition between Vito and his and his boys. Yeah, you know, Vito had that innate sense of control. ...that made him successful, very successful at what he did... Mm. ...to the point where, you know, Bruno Kirby's character in this... ...playing Clemenza. Clemenza starts out as like the mentor Mm. of Vito into that life of crime... ...but it's very quickly turned around where Vito Mm. takes on board the lessons... ...that he's learned and his observations of what's around him and goes... I can actually manipulate this to my way, mm-hmm. and he's very good at that. Whereas his sons, as I say, they all had those character flaws mm-hmm. that end up being, well, in the case of the two older boys, their doom, and in the case of Michael, his undoing
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, as a as a as a character, as a as a human being. So, I don't see it as a weakness in character development. I think it's actually. A, a clever way of, of illustrating that mm-hmm. there was that particular quality that Vito had that didn't get passed down. That's that's entirely
0: fair. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. And, I, al-
1: and also, because, like, um, I mean, I like the fact that the one thing we saw him do when he was more established um, was that he was just helping this widow with her apartment and the pet and the landlord. Like, you saw that the community liked him, but I thought it was very interesting that that was the choice that they made so again Mm. to show that him he was like his wife was like hey honey like let's help this woman and him going yeah okay you know why because it's a part of the community Mm. and she is an older woman and she is a widow and she is friends with my wife again the wife being more involved like in, in a different kind not like super involved but sort of more on the I'm here, yeah, I'm not he, in it, but he, I'm supporting you.
0: Yeah, and he took on board the fact when she was like, you know, basically going, honey, this is a the friend right of thing. mine and yeah. she's got no one. And then him going, okay, what's the guy's name? Yeah. Whereas Michael would have never done that. No, mm. and
1: I think that's why it was good that they picked that because it mm. showed that, you know, for him it was about also what can you do to the families, not just other people that help you keep you in power Mm. but for him it shows this younger version of him where naturally the family is also the community, community, not those that Mm. can help Mm. him get in power but the people below him as Mm. his job was, well what can I do to help people that traditionally were being you know, um, treated poorly by the government and by the police because they were immigrants and they Mm. couldn't get stuff because of how they were treated and they didn't have the fair rights and to have a lot of the time the illegal stuff comes in and mafia comes in because it's a way to help other people because there's not a support network, mm. um, traditionally. So the fact that he's showing support, while compared to the original guy, he was very like, I want just my beak to get wet, like, and mm. taking money, while he's like, you know what, I'll remember that you helped me and I'll keep that in mind. Mm. Like, I'm a very more...
2: That's a really good point, actually, Kate, That 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 is how he gets that control and that respect in the community by saying, you've done me a favour,
1: I'll do do you a favour
2: one day. And Vito's control is not through...
1: Intimidation.
2: Intimidation or the violence or, you know, it can be from time to time if it needs to get to that, but his first recourse is not necessarily violence. It's the implication of... If you don't do this for me, Mm. something bad may happen. Yeah. Maybe.
1: I don't know. Like that Mm. kind of... And a lot of time the people that he hurt Mm. that you saw in the movies were people that were already in that world, Mm. in a... Like sort of working for you. So it's like, well, you screwed me over Mm. and you're one of my people. So Mm. you will be punished for it. While, say, the orange vendor, he Mm. wouldn't... He probably... While like the other guy, the other Don, he'd probably hurt him. Yeah. While, you know, Vito, the young one, he'd be like, no, I'm not going to hurt you. Like, mm. I'm just, you know, your business might be a bit more difficult, but I'm not going to resort to violence on you unless you do something that really offends me or hurts mm. someone or something. It was like different moral codes in a yeah. weird way.
0: It almost reads as though Vito's method of control was through generosity. Yeah. Because by by having people... Essentially, he's like, look, I'm I'm going to owe you a favour. And he did it with enough people where... Everyone knew he was then, good that for that it. That then became, yeah, his power, essentially, mm. where it's like...
2: But he, su- he surrounds himself also mm. with people he knows that he can rely on mm. to do the violence if, the, if needs be. Mm. So, you know, Clemenza and Tessio can step in at that point and yeah. do that.
1: Yeah. yeah, and no one will rat him out in the community because the whole community is indebted to him in some kind Mm. of way. Well, he got rid of the black hand. He was a
0: total jerk.
1: Yeah. And then all of a sudden he comes around going like, hey man, like, and that sense of I'll always remember what you did for me. Mm. And like, I think same, like, I don't know if it was shown, but when he went back and he went to the olive oil thing and he did all that kind of stuff, a part of me, my first instinct was, is that young man, that more young man, a man around his age and the olive oil and the company that he's working for, is that the young family that helped him escape to America? Like a part of me wouldn't be surprised if when he wanted to do the olive oil and all that, that he went to that family and was like, you helped me. I'm going to help you make thousands of, like, I'm going to help you so you'll be comfortable for the rest of your life. Like it Mm. wouldn't surprise me if that family was the same that hit him in the basket. Like... Mm. I don't know. It was probably not confirmed, but for me, I was like, I wouldn't be surprised mm. if that was why go to that city, that connection. There's there'd big extended family there. but well,
2: I think the moral of the story mm-hmm. is Don Chichi was right all along. Never leave a male ear alive. Kill them. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and-
1: Which is funny because that's sort of what Michael is more, the brutal kill mm. Um guy, yeah, yeah,
0: um, there's a lot of plot to unpack in this film, so, so much mm. plot. I feel like we have to move on to um to to Hyman uh, Hyman roth mm. the, uh, the amazing um character and performance very, very understated,
1: so natural, mm. like everything that he did, it's it just looked so like, yeah he is a real person, just, like, mm. little choices of yeah. just, like, laying on the couch with his shirt off because it's hot. Yeah. And, like, just stuff that, in the movie world, quote, quote-unquote sort of thing, mm. you wouldn't see that, like, yeah. you know, I don't know.
0: Although that's something that I think Godfather does well in general. But He's um, created, like, a, yeah. But, yeah, at Lee Strasberg was was very, very good, and as you were saying while we we're watching it, Murray, um, not not someone who appeared in a lot of films, despite, no. despite his uh, immense talent.
2: Yeah, no, this... this. I mean, I, I imagine that, you know, Coppola specifically wanted him for the role and, and you know, requested that he be part of it. I don't know the story behind that. Um, but, yeah, integral to the piece and, and in terms of, as you say, that very understated performance um, where you're never quite sure um, what's going on in his head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And why he's made the decisions he's made but clearly it's all quite clear to him why he has mm. um, yeah it's just the, the the acting in this film is just you know, this,
0: this, there's no weak links here it's just all good mm. it's just all good and I mean the, 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 the actual I suppose um, story elements itself is, is that Michael and uh, Hyman are having this chess game against each other and they're trying to be A couple of moves ahead and Hyman Roth is absolutely somebody who is um as clever if not maybe a little more clever than Michael Mm. um but he is also you know he's in poor health um well
2: Michael's negotiated with him in good faith that's the Mm. thing you know this there was never any intent on Michael's part not to carry forward with the deal he respected Hyman Roth as a as an associate of his father Mm. and someone who had always dealt in good faith um and Roth clearly saw Michael as a threat to his control of his business dealings going forward. And that's why he's, you know, looked to have him knocked off, I suppose. Hmm. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to watch the dynamic between the two, the new school in Michael and the old school and Hyman Roth, and that unspoken um, tete a tete that goes on between them in that um,
0: in that uh, scene in Miami, mm. um, and then of course there's um, dear old Frank who is um, going through a little bit of a hard time um, with the fact he almost gets choked to death, mm. um, and just a a sort of Frank feels like a really fascinating holdover of the way vetoes world was run mm. and I think it's sort of interesting how Michael attempts to deal with that over the course of the film uh, but I, I felt a little bit sorry for Frank the whole time mm. he, he yeah. was just having a bad bad couple of years well
2: he, he got the wrong end of the handle didn't he yeah. not helped by the fact that um, you know the Rosado brothers um, you know said uh, greetings from Michael Corleone so mm. I mean he legitimately had reasons to think that Michael had perhaps betrayed him yeah. Um. Yeah, so, you know, shit deal for Frank to be honest
0: hmm. But I, I also felt that he I thought he was a really interesting kind of through line um, because he basically makes it all, almost all the way to the end yeah. Um. I think he is in there almost as a reminder to the ideals of Vito yeah. and to the ideals that the Mafia are supposed to be living up to but also the fact that the world has kind of moved beyond Mm. those ideals well let's
2: not forget though that if his brother hadn't been made to appear at that at that um, court appearance Mm. that in all likelihood he was going to turn on Michael yeah Yeah. so we talk about holding those old ideals Um, you know Frank's also a survivor um, and I don't think he had too many compunctions about ratting out Michael, given he thought that Michael had tried to organize his demise.
1: Yeah, mm. but I, I think I, I do agree that he did represent an older, because again, like he was really drunk. He wasn't being welcome to talk to Michael straight away. He was, you know, he made a comment of saying, "Well, there's at least one Italian playing, that's a musician on the stage, and wanted them to play more Italian music." So, like. He was sort well, he's of like definitely
2: a holdover from yeah, yeah,
1: of just going like what happened to these days where people understood, you know, mm. just like how, you know, it was like business is business. You know, he was knocked out. Uh, you know, he was taken off. But I assumed, you know, what I didn't ask who asked for the hit. I just went on with business, and then same with Frank. Just going like, you know, when they knew that the end was coming for them, they would take their own lives, like pretty much, which is interesting for you know traditional Catholics to uh, To be like, to choose suicide. I guess they wouldn't see it like that because I guess if they know that they're cornered...
2: Well, once again, it comes back to family because yeah. Frank knows that if he does this, if he, if he kills himself, then his family will be safe, his family will be looked after. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's the deal that he struck with Tom. Yeah. What I, about Fredo?
0: Well, poor Fredo, poor again, is someone that we can feel a bit sorry for because... Oh.
1: As I was
2: saying to you, I mean, this is the most tragic middle child story since Jan Brady from the (laughs) Brady Bunch.
1: I mean, he knew he was going. like, And that was the terrible... It's like he was just waiting. That was the worst part. He
2: didn't know. That's the thing. He legitimately thought Michael had forgiven him. Given him.
1: Hmm. Really? A part of me thought he knew when he was fishing at the end.
2: No. When he's praying? He's saying the Hail Mary Mm. because that's going to make him get a fish. okay. So, yeah, no, he, he had no idea that that was coming. Mm. He might have had it in his mind or at the back of his mind, but Michael had made him feel comfortable mm. in the reconciliation to the point where he was allowing Fredo to spend time with his own child. So yeah. I mean, devious, really devious the way that Michael set him up for his ultimate demise. Mm. Mm. But the promise was nothing was to happen to Fredo until... Mother had passed
0: away
3: mm.
2: Yeah, he and kept Michael kept his word
0: Yeah and I th- I mean Yeah it, It's an interesting one Because Fredo I think is one of the characters From The Godfather That has sort of Permeated into pop culture Obviously Vita Corleone Being the big one Marlon Brando's performance Is, is mimicked all the time But the idea of being A Fredo Being like A weak link Who's a bit dumb Is something which I've encountered Multiple times
1: Is that where the term Comes from? Mm. Yeah, ah. and
0: but I always associated it with his actions in the first film, where <laughs> he mm. was a bit dumb, but ultimately not harmless, but like didn't betray the family and almost get Michael killed. It was fascinating seeing that this time round. Mm.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that being said, there were a few times, especially in this movie, where I saw some characters where I was like, oh. That looks like, yeah like in the Simpsons, mm. right? Um, one of the like older mob bosses, and he wears all the white, and he's mm. all. He looks like um Michael's uh guard assassin. I forgot his name. The one that wears all black.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, he sort of looked like him, and then there was one guy, sort of in the background, that was in one of the cars. That was a silent guard that was always looking like, just always sort of glaring. Mm. He sort of looked like, the joke that they make in the Simpsons where they're like. Like, one of the characters that's always, like, got his eyes squinted and, like, looking around. So, Mm. it was interesting that... I know the Mafia movies, you know, the Simpsons were taking the mick out of them. But, I don't know, particularly from Godfather 2. Like, I was Mm. seeing people where I was like, oh, a lot of the caricatures I can see now. Mm. While in other mob movies, I hadn't seen it specifically taken from pop culture. Like, Mm. I don't know.
0: I think a key question at this point, though, is... um... Is The Godfather 2 notably or significantly better or worse than the first one?
2: Mm, it's a hard one. Mm.
0: Um, my my own feeling, uh, and the reason I ask, is because I feel as though watching this film, partly I don't think it's a film that stands up without the first film, and that's something yeah. that a lot of sequels have. But one of the other things that I feel um, is that maybe The Godfather 2, though excellent it kind of feels like it has less standout moments if you you understand like i don't think there's really something as iconic as you know like the horse's head in the bed um or you know uh get the cannoli like you know those kind of things it could just be that you know godfather was the original film was so revolutionary that was always going to be more likely to seed itself into the zeitgeist, but I, I just feel as though the second film, though strong,
2: is there. Is there any e- value in trying to find one better than the other, um, um, or is it just best to just see them as? Um, I don't know. The the uh, uh, one big story, really. Uh, yeah, there
1: Ooh. are. There's definitely like one big story. Um, hmm. I agree that you you wouldn't. I don't think you wouldn't. I don't think you would enjoy Godfather 2 if you haven't seen 1. Yeah. Because which, com- which brings me back
2: to, to what I was saying at the outset. Story. It doesn't work yeah. watching Godfather 2 without uh, watching Godfather 1. And yeah. I think you would lose a hell of a lot. Especially
1: yeah. for Michael. Because if you had never seen Godfather, the first one, and you watched Godfather 2, you would just the movie would just be you going, here's this hard-ass mm. that's distant with his family, becoming just worse. Like yeah. you would, not you would, you'd would be going, wow, cool. Here's this asshole. And now he's just more of a, Oh, and now he's murdered family members. Wow, mm. what a dick. Like I, uh, well, when the first, when putting together the first Godfather and seeing it as one continuous film, mm. you see that descent and it's more heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, especially with all the characters like when those characters leave and when he's alone it's so much more hard hitting mm. yes the final shot around the family dinner i think that's a great way to bring that in again to show reference to that but right. without the first movie some of those hits aren't as yeah hard and God, that's why God, they're the,
2: the original godfather is far more visceral because there's mm. a lot more violence in it for a start mm. yeah um so you know you're going to have more stand out moments in your mind from that because of the the, the violence that you see um, yeah. you know, yeah. Tino's you know machine gun to death yeah mm-hmm. the the guy getting shot in the eye um, yeah the horse's head as you say the the police chief shot in the throat yeah
1: yeah and also because he's now in a position he doesn't do the dirty work anymore so of there course you wouldn't you wouldn't see that as much because yeah. that's not something that Michael himself would be doing anymore. Yeah. Um,
2: this is a far more complex plot in this film. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I think when you watch them as one continuous story and like Michael's journey, they're both really good. Mm. I think if someone was to go as separate movies, it's hard to compare because you sort of need one with two. As sequels should be. Like, mm. I, I feel like a, if you have a sequel, it should be because you're expanding the world mm. and the story, yeah. which means that the first one is important. Hmm. um yeah i I
0: think it's just because I, i ask simply because the godfather 2 is one of those films that is shown as being one of the greatest films ever made but i think it's interesting to explore that as basically does it work standing alone or is it one of the best films ever made because it's a continuation of arguably what some people would say is the best film ever made in terms of the Godfather. Well,
2: it, it, it's I think it's impossible for us to answer because mm. we've both, well, all all of us here, mm. have seen the first film, the original film first. Mm. We haven't come into this cold.
0: That's true. Yeah. So
2: you'd have to ask someone who who has. My gut feel is, as I say, you would lose a lot watching this film in its own right in terms of the character development for a star. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you would possibly get a little bit lost with the the plot details as well. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you'd get that whole um, you know, intercut prequel bit with Vito. It's like, who the hell is Vito? Mm. Without yeah. seeing the first film, you can't really relate to that, mm. can you? So. That's fair. Yeah.
1: And also, all the mandarins and oranges, you'd be like, why...
2: Yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't know. <laughs> Your fixation with the fruit is unbelievable. Uh
1: mm. yeah. Well, I mean, the fix. Well, that's what I love. Like Vito got his wife a pear when he got fired. Like, so fruit is.
2: Food is everywhere.
1: Yeah. Like, a fruit is also bad. Yeah. Every I time swear, there's fruit in a I scene. If I ever meet
2: Coppola, it's the first question I'm going to ask, and it's because you've put this in my head now. Okay, it'd be yeah. like, what the hell was it with the fruit motif yeah. in those bloody films? Because I'm it. sure no
0: one's ever asked that question. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe you just had a bad experience with the Satsuma one time, and he went, this is what I'll do. Uh, would you guys like some trivia about The Godfather Part I two? love trivia. Oh, no. why, why bother, Stephen? Why bother? Because uh, I've written it down. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. Let's do it. Uh, Marlon Brando and Robert De Niro are the only two actors to ever win separate Oscars for playing the same character. Uh, Brando oh. won Best Actor for playing... Uh, Vito in 1972's The Godfather, and De Niro won Best Actor in a supporting role for playing Vito in this film. I mean, oh, yeah,
1: it's supporting. But mm. here's the thing was Robert De Niro well known back then?
0: Mm, he hadn't done that much.
3: Yeah, Taxi, like, that, taxi driver yeah, this was, was still pre-taxi a pre taxi years
2: driver. He had done Mean Streets with um, Scorsese, mm. so this which was... he'd got some pretty good notices for, and I think he. He'd done a couple of others, as well. well. he'd certainly done some stuff for Brian De Palma in the late 60s. But yeah,
1: because hey. I feel like that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this was the movie that made everyone go,
2: Oh, oh Robert well, De
1: Niro, because I mean, I gathered because the fact that he was not second on the list when yeah. it came to the title cards. And I totally understand, yeah, he was a supporting character, but if you had it, like, you see it now. I was certainly, he was, he was a
2: known name at the time. But
1: not like enough that to be... I mean, if, he, he
2: was, he, to, to, to do this role, he was actually flying across bloody continents to do this role. So he'd been filming um, a film called 1900 with Bernardo Bert- Bertolucci in Italy. Hmm. Um, and he was basically um, in negotiations to do this. So he was doing his role in 1900 and then having to fly Damn. back to the States. To do negotiations in regard to this film. That's my understanding, anyway. Yeah,
1: because I was just wondering, because I know that, like, if a movie now where Robert De Niro uh, even played a small character like this, Mm -hmm. I feel like it would be Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. Like, I feel like that that, he would be second. Like, where he is now in his Mm -hmm. life, definitely. So when I saw that he wasn't... Well, even, Second, even and he was about fourth on Pacino, the list. Pacino,
2: prior to Godfather, had no name whatsoever. Exactly, yeah. So Pacino, they didn't even want to cast him in, in Godfather. The studios were railing against it. Who's this unknown? This Al Pacino you want yeah. to cast. So in terms of the people that he cast for this film, um, or for the, the two films, Cobbler wasn't really using a lot of big names at, at that time. Yeah. They were all fairly... Not green in their careers, but they weren't household names. I don't think Robert Duvall was no, all that well-known. James Caan
0: no. wasn't that well-known. I think the
1: biggest name was Marlon Brando for the first movie. And that was it. I feel like everyone else was like, they were young actors or had worked in theatre or yeah. small indie films.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we now know the names that you say, like Diane Keaton and Robert mm. Duvall and all these. Which I these love
1: people. her 70s eyebrows and they didn't, or maybe were they popular in the 50s, maybe? <laughs> but like her eyebrows were so I
0: can't say I know thin.
1: No, they mm. were so thin, like like to the point where, like, yeah, it was very thin. Mm. and Too thin for the 50s. Too, but a part of me is going, was that a 50s thing or was that a 70s thing? Yeah, I don't,
0: know if, I don't know if it's something Coppola would have noticed. There were a lot of fine details in this film that were accurate.
2: Listeners out there, answers well, on a postcard. Mm.
1: Yeah, well, that's why I'm wondering, because if it was a detail of going, well, it was very fashionable for women to have very thin eyebrows or because was she a woman from the 20s that... You know, after World War II, like, well, like yeah. after World War II in the 30s, like, that might have been a style that she was still doing. I don't know, because there was so much detail in the movie yeah. that I just was like, why are her eyebrows yeah. s- so thin? I don't know. The way that they were done, it, was, it looked like a purposeful choice, and I didn't know whether if it was, like, a costume choice yeah. or if it was Diane Keaton came in and was like, these are my brows. And, Deal with it. <laughs> yeah. I, if I
0: ever meet Coppola, the second question <laughs> I will have for him... Yeah. yeah. Um originally the actors in the flashback scenes wore pants with zippers. One of the musicians pointed out that the zipper had not been invented at that time. So some of the scenes were reshot with Damn. button fly trousers.
1: So So who noticed?
0: One of the musicians apparently.
1: Oh like in the like back in Robert De Niro's the old flashbacks?
0: I'm guessing, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, in those in those scenes. So the zipper hadn't been invented. Somebody also, it
1: must have been the musicians in the the little concert hall when yeah. they went and watched a show. They
0: were like, "Hey, I shouldn't have this fly." And Coppola went,
3: <laughs>
0: "Reshoot the whole thing." What? Yep, we're getting period accurate pants. So that is uh, that is that was something that was changed.
1: That's crazy. I love if the musician was like, "Hmm, that's funny. Zippers weren't invented back then." And someone was like, <gasps> and they told the director, and they're like, "Who said that?" He's like, "Oh, it was me, the musician extra." Get
0: off my film. But thank you for making it yes. more accurate. thank you for the suggestion, now go. Thank goodness he didn't see Diane Keaton's eyebrows, though. That's no, big. that's, that's <laughs> right, yeah. Um, Hyman Roth's character was loosely based on real-life mobster Maya Lansky. Aha. Uh-huh. Maya Lansky was alive at the time that the film was released, uh, oh. and was living in Miami. Uh, reportedly, oh. he phoned Lee Strasberg, who played Hyman, and said, Now, why couldn't you have made me more sympathetic? I am, after all, a grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> so... He's basically doing what Vito did. It's like, yeah, it's my family. You're making me look like a monster.
1: (laughs) That's amazing. Mm.
0: Uh, The door to Vito's olive oil business was rigged so that it would not open if a nail was inserted into the lock. So when Coppola um, was shooting this scene, he kept it secret from Leopoldo Trieste, who played Signor Roberto. And uh, he obviously had difficulty opening the door. That was all real. Uh, Coppola wanted to film Trieste, who was a known Italian comedian, improvising his way through the scene. Uh, When Jenko opens the door, Frank Severo uh, surreptitiously pulled the nail out. Uh So, yeah, that was all him just like, the cameras are rolling, I've got to keep this going.
1: (laughs) I think it showed, like, the fact that you said that he was a well-known comedic performer, Mm. straight away, like, when you watch that, that is someone, especially because when he was talking, they didn't have all the subtitles keeping up with it, because Mm. it was like... It would have just been him going mm. like, "Oh, that was so great to see you. Thank you." Yeah, mm. it was really well done, and I think that only shows someone that's good so at increasing desperation
2: as he couldn't open the door. Yeah, and he mm. made
1: it a character choice, and I think that that's like that mm. shows someone that does that professionally. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, if it was all improvised. Yeah,
0: Marlon Brando was scheduled to return for a cameo in this film um, for that flashback scene at the end, but because of the way Paramount Pictures treated him during The Godfather, um, he did not show up for shooting on the day.
1: I love it. He was like, "Yeah, rock up."
0: <laughs> and then, as Native American girl turned up instead, mm-hmm. and they were like, "What? He's done the Oscars thing again." Um, Francis Ford Coppola rewrote the scene without veto, and it was filmed the following day. Mm. Um, and I thought again, it's effective.
1: I think it's more him, effective. Yeah,
0: him not being there, not seeing the father figure, not and then having leaving that
1: them, leaving him there by himself. Which also question: Do we think that it was a creative choice? Or an editing thing and they just, when Fredo was in the shot and then close up and then they went back to the shot and he wasn't there. Yeah, that was, was that weird. a creative choice of his brother no, Like, had maybe disappeared a, in the shot? It like or, a continuity error. I think it might it? have just been a continuity error. I era. think so too. But
0: yeah. in fairness, this film is more than three hours long and it was right at the end. So we'll, we have to let them have a couple. Yeah. So we'll, we'll give them that one. Um, Al Pacino also caused problems throughout production, uh, demanding a massive salary and heavy script rewrites. He frequently complained about Coppola's uh, slow pace, uh, yelling, uh, Serpico took only 19 days! And he threatened to quit. <laughs> so uh, this film took 104 days of shooting. Wow, yeah, that's this was long... It was a long shoot. Um but, and yeah, Al Got Kitchin. a bit cocky
1: after his first film. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, I mean,
0: in <laughs> fairness, you know, he was a big name who was in demand. and He, he came w- back w- for it. And... Yeah, and he was also somebody who, in his career, has previously been known to be a little bit difficult at times.
2: Yeah, I think the other thing, too, is that Coppola tends to shoot an awful lot of film. I noticed. Um, <laughs> well, is he an
1: editor-director uh, or is he...?
2: There's, you know... Mm. This example, but there's also you know Apocalypse Now, where yeah. I don't know it was over a million feet of film yeah. that they they did. I mean that's why every ten years or so there's a new version of Apocalypse Now because there's so much freaking footage. Yeah.
3: Mm.
2: He just keeps inserting another hour in there because yeah. it, it, there's so much coverage. So yeah. it doesn't surprise me. Um, and yeah, let's face it, most. Shoots are like six weeks,
3: aren't they? Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: I mean, because that's the thing. Like, if he's more of an editor director that loves like having as much as he can to create the story, um, Mm. that sort of can be common. But not. I've never heard of that. That's like intense. Yeah, yeah.
2: And and Pacino was starting to become
0: in demand as well, so
1: Mm. he
2: would have had a lot
0: of other projects lined up.
2: Yeah,
1: that he wouldn't have been able to do. Yeah, yeah. It's unfair
0: to tie him down to. One film, even if that film is The Godfather Part 2. Part two. Yeah, so yeah. I can
1: understand him going, well, look, I can't work pretty much for half this half the year. Most mm. of the year I won't be able to work, so jack up my salary because mm. I don't have any work coming in. So, yeah. you know, I get that.
0: Yeah. Uh, James Caan asked to be paid the same amount of money he got from the first film to play Sonny Corleone in the flashback at the end of this film, and he got his wish. Wow. He was paid the exact same wage he got for Godfather 1 for that one scene of work. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. When you know you've got him over a barrel. You might as well. It's almost quite Sicilian in his trading mm. <laughs> methods there. Uh, they're going to make me an offer that I cannot refuse. The same money, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if the- I'm doing
1: the same job, then, you know, pay me the same. Yeah. yeah.
0: The musical play performed in the film, called Senza Mama, is an actual early 20th century play that was composed by Francis Ford Coppola's grandfather. <gasps>
3: What Yep, oh, Francesco
0: Penio is the con- is uh, composed that play and Coppola went, Yep, gonna use granddad's musical, but really nice. I
3: did think funny. it was a
0: little bit over the top to get news that
2: mama had died and then immediately take out a gun and threaten to shoot yourself. I mean, come on.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. That I was mean yeah.
0: Foreboding for Fredo as well. Mm. It's like your mum's dead. Uh oh, watch mm. out. That's actually I hadn't picked up on that. Mm. Yeah, very good, Stephen. Um Merle Johnson, you may remember the character that was uh Connie's boyfriend at the start of the film.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. where where did he go? Uh,
0: I think he just got left behind when uh she obviously decided she ought to come back to the family. Mm. Um it, Merle Johnson was played by Troy Donahue. But Troy Donahue is his acting name because obviously you have to pick a name that Yeah, because it's one of those
1: uh, things where like once someone has their name yeah. actors thing, you can't have the same name unless it's your legal name i think because david tennant spoke about how when he came to america even though he have been working as david tennant in england he came to america and they said well there's another david tennant mm. and the, and his last name is tennant so because it's his legal name you david tennant have to change your name if you want to work in america so mm. that's why he legally changed his name to david tennant so they couldn't do a thing yeah because so. he was originally
0: david mcdonald wasn't
1: he something something like yeah. that yeah so that's why and even though he's like who's this other david tender like well he doesn't have a lot of work but legally he has the right he has the right yeah. so well, that's how he did it
0: well merle johnson's acting name was troy Donahue, but his real name was merle johnson
1: merle johnson
0: the actor who played merle johnson his real name is merle johnson
1: that is Fair was enough. that done on purpose
0: I don't think so. I think it's literally... This character's going to be called Mel Johnson. Huh. Funny. Um, what, what's funny about that, Troy? Well...
1: It's <laughs> actually... My, we just wanted to pick the most generic white man name, and we thought Mel Johnson. And he was like, oh, okay.
0: Luckily for me, I'm Troy Donahue. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just thought that was fascinating.
1: That is funny.
0: Um, this was the first film sequel to receive five Academy Award nominations for acting. Um... Talia Shire for Best Actress in a Supporting Role, Lee Strasberg, Michael Gazzo, um, and Robert De Niro, all for Best Supporting Actor, and Al Pacino for Best Actor. Nice. Uh, The only one who did receive the award, though, was um, De Niro, as far as I understand. Hmm. Well, I mean, obviously, two of the others couldn't win it because there were three for Best Supporting, but yeah, Al Pacino was nominated.
1: Did he win... Uh, I'm trying to think of
0: how many sequels... Because sequels were pretty much a
2: thing that sort of started with Through the with the blockbusters. So I'm trying to think how many sequels there were. Mm. Prior Before,
1: to that. yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: So not, not not a massive amount, but mm. certainly. So yeah, it probably doesn't surprise me to be honest. Mm. But still, yeah, <laughs> There was gone, of yeah.
1: The, gone with the wind too. Sorry, to, <laughs> just just just
0: to put a big
2: pinprick in your. <laughs> no, piece no, it's of it's, it's, yeah. it's fair. But Did
1: Al Pacino won for the first one? I can't remember. Oh, um, hang on
2: a second. Yeah, of course there were sequels. Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes, yeah. too. All Battle Oscar nominated, I'm sure.
0: Yeah.
3: Yum. Mm. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Terror Beneath the Explosion of the Planet of the Apes, or whatever mm. those sequels were called. They were they were great films.
3: Mm
0: hmm. you not you don't look you don't look convinced do I liked them as a kid, but I have looked at them subsequently and uh they do not age well.
1: A lot of I'll we'll not of hear anything died.
0: said against Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Is that the one where Everyone dies at the end because they activate the nuclear bombs. Oh, no, that was... um, That's actually how Terminator 3 ends, so I don't... Yeah, but there there weren't as many monkeys in Terminator 3. (laughs) Um, In his DVD commentary, Francis Ford Coppola claims that The Godfather Part 2 was the first numbered sequel in film history. He's not correct. It was, in fact, the British film Quatermass 2 from
2: 1957. Uh, However, he's... Sort of correct again, because it wasn't called that in the States. What was it called in the States? I forget, but I'm pretty damn sure it wasn't called
0: mass 2. Okay. Mm. Well, there you go. Yeah. mass Harder? Was that what it was called? Uh, yes.
1: <laughs> Harder, bolder, uncut, yeah. Mm.
0: Uh, originally, Kay was truly to have a miscarriage. It wasn't going to be that she aborted oh. the child. But when Talia Shire, who played Connie, had the idea that she should have an abortion instead to be the ultimate way to hurt Michael. Um, Coppola loved the idea and used it. Uh, and to thank her for this, Coppola wrote the scene in which she tearfully asks Michael to forgive Fredo, which led to her getting nominated for Best Supporting Actress.
1: Oh, I gave her a bit of extra scene, yeah. acting.
0: So, But that was her idea to go, maybe Kay did it deliberately.
1: That's vindictive and cruel and it's good.
0: And, and super effective. Yeah. And like that. that scene. that scene... I just keep going back to it going.
1: It was just mm. amazing acting. Yeah. Like just so much eye acting. Mm. Like Al Pacino, like I get it. Yeah. You know, like when people talk about Al Pacino's like eye, like mm. his face, like, you know, mm. just so much. You see everything, which yeah. is amazing.
0: As the deceased Mama Corleone, Morgana King only appeared in the coffin for the establishing shot where her face is clearly visible. In all of her shots, Coppola's mother, Italia Coppola, stood in for Miss King as she initially refused to be in the coffin at all. Oh! Wow. So yeah, it's um, the the uh, the actual Mama, mama um, Corleone is only in the coffin for that one shot. And the rest of the time Coppola's gone, alright mum, in you get.
1: And <laughs> she was like, well I'm just happy to be here son. Oh, yeah. Sounds
0: like Scorsese He famously puts his mum Into films Yeah
1: Man I would If I was making films I'd throw my family in this I'd be like Oh yeah Who wouldn't
0: Oh yeah I'd absolutely throw my mum Into um... Oh now I'm just trying to think What would be something That she'd she'd not Necessarily be thrilled about though Because if it was like A dirty dancing style film With like Whoever the current Patrick Swayze is
1: My mum would what... love that Aha
2: There it is Quite a mess too Is Enemy from Space in, in, in the
0: States Oh okay yeah. Then he wouldn't know any better Yeah Um yeah, I've just I've just clued in. I think the best mother of a director in a film, though, is when Harry met Sally. Sally,
1: I'll have what she's having. Yeah, yeah amazing cameo.
0: That's the type of role I put my mum in, where it's like one line, zing, out she pops.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I'm very partial to Goodfellas, where um, Joe Pesci comes home and he wants his mother. He wants the knife, the kitchen knife, from his mother, and that's mm.
0: Scorsese's mum. That's a funny bit. Actually, yeah, that's a good one as it well. It is
2: some good mum acting
3: there.
0: Mm. Yeah. Uh, the final bit of uh, trivia I have for you uh, was another actor who was considered for the role of Hyman Roth was Peter Sellers.
2: Oh, okay. okay. That would have been interesting. Mm.
0: Well, I mean, Peter Sellers obviously most well known for his comedy acting for mm. you know The Goonies and Pink Panther, but some of his more serious performance work towards the end of his life. Um, yeah, that that sort of um, th- those sorts of roles. Um, he, I could have seen him playing this role. Mm. I, I, I mean, I think they cast the right person, absolutely. Mm. But Peter Sellers, I would not have necessarily objected to.
1: Yeah. Sounds good.
0: Mm. Yeah, it would have been yeah, up there. Yeah. Mm. Mm. All right, well, with all that being said and done, it's time to score The Godfather 2. Uh, Kate, this was your first time watching the film. You get to go first. What score would you give The Godfather Part 2 out of 10?
1: I don't know, it's hard. Like, I I, I enjoyed the movie. There's some really great acting. Um, I don't know if I'll ever watch it again, though. Okay. I don't know if I'll ever sit down and go, you know what, I want to watch Godfather Part 2. Mm. So, it's... I don't know. So, that's why I would go... That's why I think I want to say Seven. Because I really enjoyed it. Um, I've always sort of considered the Godfather movies to be sort of, like, bloke bro movies. Like, stuff that, you know, guys always go, oh, the Godfather. Mm. Um, and... Yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. Seven. Seven. Brilliant acting. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant acting. It's mm. only gone down because I probably won't watch it again. But it's an amazing... It's a good movie. Mm. So I'd recommend it.
0: All right. What about you, Murray? What score are you giving The Godfather Part 2 out of 10? Oh, look, it's up there for me. Um, mm. It's,
2: as I say, it's probably my top five films from the 1970s. and mm. the 70s, I consider to be the the peak of American filmmaking. Um with the new Hollywood and this is right up there in terms of that. I can't go less than nine Hail Marys. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, what would be the other four in your top five of 70s? Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Um, look, I, I mean, obviously, look, Star Wars, because it's Star Wars yeah. and I was 10 and, you know, it was Star Wars. Yeah. Um, so there's that taxi driver is definitely up there. Alien yeah. is in there. Yeah. Um,
0: and, yeah, you know, Godfather 1 and 2, probably.
1: I don't, I've never seen Taxi, either.
0: Taxi Driver. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure it'll come up on the program <laughs> one day.
2: I on watched it again either? the other week, and, yeah, De Niro's brilliant. I mean, if, if everyone's talking about Joker at the moment and how brilliant a film it is, yeah. um, do yourself a favour, watch Taxi Driver, yeah. um, because both show a, a guy descending into madness and... In my, in my mind, yeah, taxi drivers, yeah, that hits the ball out of the park. Oh, do better? Anyway, we're talking about The Godfather. We it's, are.
1: It's the guy Nine Hail Mary, up. Stephen.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Uh, for me, um, I think this is this is a really good film. It's it's understandable why this film is so well-liked, but in trying to view it as a film separate from The Godfather, I do find that that's quite difficult. It, it just, just in terms yeah. of scoring it, simply because we are scoring these films as they are by themselves but you can't remove the context of what came before and then it becomes a case of well how much of the heavy lifting is godfather doing or all those sorts of things for you to enjoy it more, yeah it's very convoluted and it's almost why the scoring system is is kind of silly but that's why we say it doesn't really matter it's kind of just more for us to sum up how it fits in our sort of personal list and for me i i loved it i probably would watch it again but i would probably watch it again after watching the godfather maybe if i had a day where i had nothing on just both of them back to back
1: yeah i think you would enjoy it more because like i haven't seen them like you know nearly two years so I yeah was like, Ooh. and yeah. it
0: was making me go i oh, really i could i could go and watch godfather, godfather. one yeah. again that would that would be good so uh, for me i would give this um i'm gonna give this eight Doomsday oranges out of ten. Yeah. I think it's um yeah, it's By it's Every time it's,
1: you see those oranges, you're like something terrible. Something is, is bad some- to happen. It
0: is. It's something bad's gonna happen. Um but something that wasn't bad was this film. I think it was... It's a great film. Yeah, it's a great film. Who knew? Godfather Part 2, a good film. (laughs) Mm. Uh, Murray and Kate, thank you very much for joining me on this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Stephen. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. A number of ways you can get in touch with us. Uh, You can send us a message via our Facebook page. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club on Facebook. Leave Ah. us a message, a like. You can even review the page. You can review us. Wow, out really? Of, out of five. Wow! Um, yeah, so by all means, go and do that. Um, I, I would urge if you like us. If you don't like us, eh, you can leave it. That's fine.
1: Yeah. No, just be really harsh on your comments. Just be
0: aware. If, if
2: you do leave anything nasty, we'll find out who you are, and it'll be a matter of, it
0: was you, Fredo. I know it was you. Uh yes uh so now that we've threatened our audience into liking us let's let them know that they can also get a fresh episode each and every week from our soundcloud um also it's on spotify spotify and itunes wait on spotify i didn't
1: know you're on spotify now yeah oh yeah spotify
0: we've been on spotify for at least a couple of months
1: i have been listening to you on soundcloud like a fool when i have i mean soundcloud (laughs) is great i really like it but like spotify is something that i'm on like all the time, that's so much more convenient. I would listen on Spotify, definitely.
0: Excellent, uh, SoundCloud people. You are definitely not fools. I'm just gonna read. Oh, no, you. you're
1: not full. Sound, it's just you know, we... I can't close my, yeah, way to diss a
0: hosting platform, <laughs> yeah. And they are our main hosts, so please. Oh,
1: know. no, SoundCloud, you're amazing. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll only come back for the podcasts that are clearly on. Spotify now. Every episode I'm on, it'll be like, oh, it's not working for some random reason.
0: (laughs) Uh, And of course, um, you know, maybe... You can do us a favour, we'll do you a favour. Become a member of our Patreon. You know, all we're asking for is just wet our beaks. Just give us a couple of dollars a month (laughs) and you'll get some bonus content. Um, In fact, uh, there will have just been an episode of The Cutting Room Floor, which is our bonus podcast with offcuts from different episodes, all pieced together for you to see what doesn't make it into the episodes.
2: Would there be a meowing cat in there at all, Stephen?
0: Um, There... Almost certainly will be meowing cats because there have been meowing cats in previous episodes. Yes. Will, will
1: there be my discussion of like halfway through the movie of me just going is, is anyone else getting gay vibes from Fredo <laughs> and then and then Stephen just going, no and i was like all right no we won't talk about it that's fine that's
0: fine uh sadly we didn't have the mics on for that so (laughs) that one doesn't make it in
1: no okay yeah
0: uh but yes if you want to become a member of the Patreon, and also you know we might have a couple of things planned for in the new year bonus stuff that um patrons will get exclusive access to if you want to find out what they are just go to patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcasts and sign up there but that's all for this week so until next time goodbye
1: Italian
2: movie.
0: <laughs> you have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.